Hey you, you're listening to Radio Taiwan International. I'm Sharon Lin, and welcome back to my show, Last Debatable. Just imagine, you, at the age of 18, getting tricked and abducted, tortured, and then sentenced to 12 years in jail for being innocent. This is the true story of my guest today, Fred Himsanchin, Chen Qingsheng. Fred is one of the many political victims of the White Terror. As a Taiwanese person myself, the first time I read about Fred's story was when I was visiting Green Island last June. Green Island was the prison island during the White Terror period in Taiwan. The authoritarian KMT raging back then, in 1949, imposed on Taiwan what ended up to be one of the longest martial law periods in the world. This brought about the dark times we called the White Terror in Taiwan. I highly recommend you to go listen to a previous episode on my other show, Come Along, where I introduced Taiwan's National Human Rights Museum to learn more about the historical background. Get ready to listen to Fred's story of how an innocent boy from Malaysia got captured by the KMT regime and made it out alive. The truth of Fred and many other political victims of the White Terror continue to shape and inform Taiwan's hard road to having the democracy and freedom we enjoy today. You have to listen to Fred's story. Today, we have Fred Himsan Chen in the studio. Say hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I highly recommend listeners to go check out a previous episode uh, where I introduced the National Human Rights Museum. So, Fred, you're a very important figure in Taiwan. You are a political victim of the White Terror era in Taiwan, and your stories are so important, not only for learning about history, but also with your personal insight of how we could stay hopeful, move forward, and lead life with such hope and kindness. I know you do a lot of public tours, and for example, with the National Human Rights Museum. So how would you introduce yourself to the public, especially to people who might know nothing about Taiwan's history about white terror? Okay, no, normally, if any foreigners coming coming to Taiwan, uh, coming to the White Terror Memorial Park, <clears throat> I would like to introduce myself first. First, I just introduced that I was born in Malaysia instead of born, uh, to uh, instead of Taiwan. So I came to Taiwan to further my study in the year 1967, mm -hmm. and then uh, unluckily in the year 1971, I became a political prisoner uh, for no for not for no reasons at all. So when I was uh, in my university down south, Chengkong University down south, and then I was targeted by the Center Investigation Bureau, uh, the CIB, uh, right? The CIB, we call it the mm -hmm. CIB. Uh, so. Uh, for nothing at all, so they just uh, just uh, lied to me and saying that some uh, relative of me uh, on the in the day in the day on the day of third of March of nineteen seventy one, uh, one young young what is it gentleman came forward to me and asked me if I knew someone by the name by Mister Chin something, and then hmm. I said I was the one you are looking for. What 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 can I do for you? What could I do for you? He said that you uh, don't worry any don't worry. There's nothing in, in, uh, serious. You just have a relative uh, by the name Mr. Chai waiting for you in Taipei. We take you to Taipei for a talk. Mm. So I didn't I did I didn't uh what is this uh yeah. doubt anything. So I followed him to the car. Then once I was bought in the car, then I found that this uh atmosphere was abnormal. It was very weird. Yeah. It's, in your book, you describe it as so March third, nineteen seventy one, around five p.m. In your yes. book, you title this section. 
your quote bad luck came. Yes. And what was the first gut feeling you had when those men took you into the car? When I was in the car, then I found that uh, this is this is incredible because I didn't have any relative for the name Mr. Chai, mm. and then the, then that I feel that this is once after he said something something like this, he said, "What you have done, you knew better than us." I said, "What have I done? Please mm. let me know." Please hint it. They said, "No, it's not necessary. You know everything in detail. So when you are in Ta- when you were in Taipei, then you know." You know, you knew what you wanted from you. I think something wrong. Yeah. So basically, you were framed for a case that that you had absolutely nothing to do with. Could yes. you tell us about the case? Yes. The case is actually it's a case I I, I saw from a newspaper after my release in the year 1988, and I also went to 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 question some of the people who who are also not who are also not involved in the case, but they took up the case. As Mr. Li Ao and Mr. Se Chong Min, I asked them, mm. I asked them. They said this is a this is an unsolved case until today. It's a still unsolved case. Actually, when from the newspaper I read after that, he said, uh, in the year 1970, I think some sometime around October, October, there 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 was an explosion at a particular location called the USIS. Mm-hmm. So because I went to so what partic- is this USIS? Um, United States means mm-hmm. the United States Information Service. At the mm-hmm. time, because Taiwan received a lot of sponsors of money from the American government. So mm. America set up a lot of offices like this. Yeah, should call should be so something like that is a spying office to yeah. keep an eye on the Taiwanese government, so that the government uh, to see the government what they are really they were really making use of the money that's sponsored by America. So from from what I know, and this these are all facts that you as a young student um, enrolled in Zhengong University in Tainan. I know you used to go there a lot. Because it's basically like a library space for you to study, right? When I was in back in Malaysia, I was、mm. I, I was educated under the English system,、yeah. so my Chinese, the so-called Chinese Mandarin,、uh, was very poor. So once I found that I couldn't catch up with my schoolwork when I was at Chingkong、uh, University, so I went to that. Particular location, uh, what、well, is just introduced by one of my senior roommate,、mm. and then he told me that is a very, a very comfortable place for me to review、uh, or to co- refer to the Eng- bilingual text yes, textbooks. Yes, yes, yes,、yeah. yes, the English textbook, so I can catch up from my schoolwork. So I went、mm. so often. I built up a good relationship with those officers that the American people are a very good relationship. So it's a very, it's a, just a complete. Innocent connection that you have with this very space, and that's pretty much it. I know that when the agents they took you, they forced you onto the car. Also, the the first location that they took you, you wrote in your book, is a traditional old-looking Japanese-style house, and that was the first space you were detained in. And you were you were tortured by the agents. They are not only doing physical torture, but also mental torture as well. Could you share with us what happened in this house? So. After a few hours of traveling from Tainan to Taipei, because at that time there was no highway at all,、yeah. so we go to the was just a in the country road and take about fifteen to eighteen hours to get in Taipei. I was put into a small room, it's about、uh, two to three pins in Chinese, about two to three pins、oh. for a couple of weeks. Like smaller the, than this whole and studio, and half the half size of this、uh, studio. Yeah, very small.、Mm. But the particular location, I, what I remember is a Japanese-style house.、Mm. But until today, I still couldn't find where it was. They put me there for a couple of hours. Then they started. Someone came in and they gave they just,、uh, gave me a, a, a pen and a few papers and asked me to start writing. I said, "What you needed from、yeah. me? What you wanted me to write down? So please let me know. I have no, I 
have no. Yeah, I, you know I, I, I don't. I don't really, really, really know what you wanted from me. So please hint it at least, so that I can start it to write according to your 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 needs. And what did they say? They say that they say what you have done. You read. You you knew better than us. You just write down what you have done. Say, I I I, I repeat it again. What have I done? Please let me know. During the explosion day, I was not there. Uh, I was uh having my what is this uh, uh, uh schoolwork uh, back in Singapore University. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was absent for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So one day I went there to say something. The the in uh, was this internal was this a uh, re- re- renovation or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't went. I didn't go there. A few days later, yeah. they just brought me to Taipei. So the study to put on to to put me on, on the stool before uh, in front of a desk with a very uh, sh- what is a bright light shining on me. And they took away my glasses, so I feel dizzy. Mm. But uh, then they started to tell me that write according what do you what you have done, and we will be released. You will be released. So I I I repeated again. Please let me know. At yeah. least hinted me what you really wanted from me. They say they say the same 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 thing. <laughs> so I was put there, sitting down there for about forty eight to fifty hours, like that. I have no drink, yeah. no food. I was so hungry. I was so sleepy. I want. I just can't close my eyes. Even I close my eyes, they just give me a, he- a heavy slap. And after after forty to fifty hours, fifty hours, I I couldn't write even a, I didn't write even a word. And also, this was after a a seemingly never ending series of brutal physical torture. Yes. In your book, you you wrote very specifically that the agents they 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 hit you, they punch you in the stomach, and until you couldn't help but cough out a lot of blood. But also, they blame you for coughing blood, and they ask you to clean up the house, clean up your blood. Yep. They ask you to clean up your blood with your own tongue. Yes, and then they start laughing at me. Oh, oh, oh yeah. you, you, you dirty our carpet. Uh, you have to clean it. I say, oh, of course. Uh, please let give you something so I can clean it for you. So no, you, we are not going to give you anything. But you have to clean it with your own tongue, with your own mouth. How could I do it? I would not do it. So the press my head down, uh, touching the pool of blood. It's stinky. It's mm-hmm. it's stinky. Let yeah. me. Let I know me. It made you sick as you wrote in your book. Sick yeah. Again. yeah. And I know, as you mentioned later, uh, basically the, the explosion um, at the United States Information Service in Taiwan, they've found the culprit, but they still wouldn't let you go. So yep. c- could you share with us a conversation after you submitted to their multiple request of writing fake confessions what reasons did the agents give of why they couldn't let you go after that after the interrogations at the, at the CIP office this is only the a few of the, what is it the torches they put on me and after the two weeks later I think some some someone from the other group just came to me and said they congratulated me that the case was was over mm-hmm. was solved so that they are sending me back to my school uh, they asked me to wash up, so I washed up with a new, I put it on a new clutch. Then I went, supported the car. I found the direction was incorrect, and asked them again, "Aren't you not? Aren't you not sending me back to my school?" I said, "Don't, don't, don't, don't think, don't ever think about that anymore." But why? Because I said, "Why? The case was also, was already over. I, I, I was proved to be innocent, yeah. so I should be yeah, sent back to, to my school." Yeah. I said, "No, we are not going to free. We were not going to free you because on the on the on the minute when when we." Uh, uh, took you from Tainan. We have already made the decisions not to free you anymore. And then for the same time, you came from overseas. Uh, if we put you in jail or we even even we executed you, no one would care. 
And then what we are looking for right, is, a, is, a, is a very, very, very bounty that we are looking for. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money at the time of about $200,000. Yeah, uh, the whole system dollars. was very corrupted. Yeah. Yes, it's very corrupted. They said $200,000 at the time. It's a, it's it's a, a lot of money. It's yeah. a lot of money. So how could we, 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 we give, give, yeah. give that up? So we put you, we have no relationship in between. So we put you in jail. We, we don't feel anything yeah. at all. And we can get money. Yeah, yeah and we no one's going to we get, we, got, we get rich. Why not? And in the book, you talk about the reasons that the agents gave you. One is that, oh, we're going to let you go because it's our face problem. Yes. If we let you go, it looks like it reflects poorly on us. The KMT authoritarian government then, they cared so much about this and there was no justice and... Also, the whole quote-unquote trial process, mm-hmm. it was almost non-existent. Yes. Everything, they trial civilians like you under military law. Mm-hmm. Could you share with us a little bit about this? Actually, it's just a long story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, after that, after that, they just sent me to the yeah, White okay. Terror Memorial Park. They yeah. put me there for about four or five weeks yeah. on entering the park. And on the main entrance, so, well, I saw a few the, Chinese words. What few, was the, the name of this um, facility back then? At the time, it's called a Jingmei Detention Center. Mm-hmm. Jingmei Detention, Detention Center. Center. Yeah. Now it's called a Jingmei White Terror Memorial Park. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then on entering entering the park on the main main entrance, I just found a few Chinese words. It's a very, a very obvious, very big words on that Chinese word. Okay. Call it says uh, justice and fairness in Chinese. Uh-huh. Once that, even though I was told that they were not they were not going to release me, but seeing those words is to rekindle certain kind of what is hoped in my mind that mm, okay. I, I'm, I'm confident that I have done nothing wrong at all yeah. that should, shouldn't find any, any any evidence or any proof to put me in jail so I might properly put here for a rehabilitation or something yeah. like that so they let me because they beat me it, it was so badly I, I became what is this a soul what is this a soul so feeble or something like that. So yeah. they want me to cure or something like that to become healthy so that they can release me back. Yeah. So, so basically the, the KMT government then, they really, they branded themselves as a government of justice, of Gongping Gongzhen, yes. as you mentioned. It was yes. written like an adver- advertisement um, yes. in that facility. And I yeah. know later on, this is, uh, you were punished under the Statute of Rebellion Punishment, Article 2, Section 1. Yep. I know this would st- this would send a chill down anyone's spine during the white terror era in Taiwan. And listeners, if you know little of this, highly recommend you to go look it up. Could you share with us what this statute entail? Uh, actually, and uh, so after a few weeks of what is this uh, uh, arresting in the in 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 the, in, the, in the cells, I feel better. So one day they call me out and ask and told me that I would be released if I work accordingly cooperate with them to yeah. write down something according Again, to the instructions. <laughs> and then I said, I said, what do you really want me to write write down? Mm. I said, they give me some, some references. So I look at the references. I saw I saw on the references, nothing is true. Nothing is true. I think it's, 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 it wouldn't harm me. So I wrote according to the, what they wanted from me. Mm. I, today, I felt very, very grateful to have written down that because that, the so-called the self-confession, was the only evidence that put me in jail. Yeah, it's not. But nothing in the in the confession was real. Nothing is true. According to to my knowledge, according to the Malaysian government, they also pro- provided a lot of proof 
a lot of evidence proving that the, the, the so-called Communist Party in Malaysia we joined were not existing. Yeah, yeah. So existing. So I, yeah. I, I also argue... You detail this so much in your book and everything yeah, was argue, just a lie. I argue with them. They say, yeah. no, we don't trust the Malaysian government. We trust what you have written down. That's the only way we can't. We can't do anything at all because at that time, even though the prosecutors, not the persecutors or the prosecutor or the, or, or, or the judges, they do not have any power mm. to help us. It's because all the decisions made were by the 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 the, the, the highest command, the, the president, the Chiang Kai-shek president, have to make all the decisions. Oh yeah. So they they couldn't do anything. What they can do is just follow the orders. Luckily, even though on uh, during the, the the sentencing court, I asked for I uh, asked for a death penalty. Asked them to uh, punish me to death instead of twelve years imprisonment. They didn't. They didn't. They, they, they didn't have any. What is this conclusion on that at all? So I was remained to have 12, 12 years imprisonment in jail. That's it. And I know most of the twelve years you served on Green Island as a student here in Taiwan. I was I, I was born and raised here. Um, I I don't have any memory recalling learning about your story in my education at all before high school when we talk about white terror and martial law in Taiwan. The first time I read about your name with with more content of your story was when I visited Green Island this June. So it was around six months ago. Like how young you were when you were framed, and just it was just um, appalling. And really, it really gives gravity of how corrupted and how evil the KMT authoritarian regime back in martial law periods. And I know in your book you detailed many times of your suicide attempts. One thing really stood out to me uh, is when you wrote, maybe that might be my time wasn't due and then it usually follows by you you shared that maybe it's because I, I have to live so one day i can tell my story i could share the truth to the world what brought you to this realization that staying alive is is very important and you choose to stay alive actually in the beginning uh, during the torture torturing times i tried to kill myself three times that yeah. is for sure i wanted to kill myself because i couldn't endure the kind of pain the kind of pressures that put on me for about four uh, three to four years I, my life in jail was really sad. It was really bad. I just, I lived just like a death. Uh, what's a living death? I have no, I, I have no thought, no thinking yeah. of anything at all. I just, I just a day in and day out. I just lie on on the floor. I just sit by the corner. I didn't want to talk to anyone else. I just, just want to give it myself. Let it naturally. Uh, what is it? My my health deteriorated. Mm. But but after that, one day, I was so, so I was lucky when I was in the same room. The, the 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 cellmates of uh, uh, the other nine of the cellmates didn't give me up didn't give up this they, they continuously uh, uh, uh what is this uh, uh, encouraged me by my by, by so my this was side. this was on green island oh, right? at the green island yeah, they, they continuously uh, telling me you have to I have to do something and uh, not to give my life away so easily because we're young you're only 12 years and, and you one day you'll be you be released. You should be. Uh, you you should stay healthy. All those sort of things, but I didn't care. You know, yeah. even though they told me so many times about that one or two years, I just sat there, just like uh, I just I just I just do not know how to no reaction at all. But those kind those words really stick to me. Mm. So one day when I was going out, they forced me to going out. They pulled me out going out for for an exercise at the courtyard. Mm. I just faded. From that particular moment. I do not know what kind of power to strike uh, struck on me that asking me to you stay alive. You, you have to uh, change the attitude. Is, uh, attitude, and at the same time, 
you have to stay strong so that you can tell your story when when you are free. We, we, we shouldn't let this kind of stories end it. Recently, Fred just published his English autobiography called Facing the Calamity. I highly recommend this book to each and every one of you. And stay tuned for part two of my interview with Fred coming out next Wednesday on That's Debatable. I will see you then. Take care.